a Podcast One production. We had a really big focus initially on empowering our people to actually effectively do their job remotely. Clear objectives being set for all parties up front. Also, you need to be accepting of people's circumstances and you need to have a level of trust that they're going to make their home work environment work for them as well. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. The speed at which the world has been forced to choose remote working has been extraordinary. The adoption of video calls and working from home has created a huge change and it's all happened very quickly. Over a hundred years ago, Lenin said, there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. It certainly feels like decades of change have occurred in the remote working space in just a few short weeks. We have all become remote workers and the social experiment has landed with so many issues and challenges and opportunities. I wanted to explore the key elements required for remote working success, and that's why I've invited Simon Jovanovic, CEO of Marshall White Real Estate. Simon, I've got clients in banking and finance, government, telecommunications, farming, retail, tech, and more. And to be frank, this topic seems to be on everyone's lips. The art of leading remotely. A client even asked me last week, how can we create a culture when no one's in the office? So you're the CEO of Australia's most successful real estate organisation, a business notoriously based on relationships and physical connections. Tell me about your leading remotely experience. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that introduction, Margie. Um, look, I, I think like many of your listeners, it's been a, a learn-as-we-go approach in recent months. Um, the, the pace at which the, the COVID-19 pandemic hit all of our businesses, uh, we weren't really prepared for. So. Traditionally, um, you know, as you said, real estate is a very uh, relationship-based industry. Our salespeople, they're in the field every day working with their, their vendors, uh, working with potential buyers. Our property management teams are, are in the field working with landlords and tenants. And it's always been very face-to-face based. So when this hit, uh, you know, we, we weren't readily prepared. We don't have a lot of our team that work remotely. Uh, we have five offices based in Melbourne. And the majority, the vast majority of people are either you know, in the office working away or they're out um, face-to-face with a client. So when the pandemic hit, um, as a group, we identified a couple of key objectives. Um, we identified that we wanted to get as many of our teams through this, uh, this pandemic as possible. And we also wanted to make sure the business came out the other side in the best financial position um, so that we could, we could return when the, when the market returned to normal. So key focus around people. Um, we quickly identified that, you know, we obviously couldn't be uh, working how we had traditionally. Um, we had restrictions introduced as a result of government change um, to how we operated with opens, uh, auctions, uh, property inspections. So we very quickly had to put new procedures in place to make sure that we kept our team members safe uh, and also the, the clients that we dealt with. Um, but we had some big challenges because um, I've got some very successful people in our business, but they've spent 30, 40 years of their, of their career, um, face-to-face meetings on weekends, client meetings at night. The real estate industry are not rapid adapters of technology. Uh, and our business mm-hmm. was not immune to this. 
Would you say that they were actually resistant to the technology and change? Look, I've been in my current role at Marshall White for about 18 months, and I've definitely got a a change agenda that we're working through. And part of that is bringing technology uh, into the business. Um, You know, improved processes, uh, improved compliance, uh, and a lot of that is technology-based. And yeah, it's fair to say over the past 18 months, there's been a fair amount of resistance to that. Um, I think for many in the business, um, you know, why, why break a model that's working really well? Um, our, our vendors, landlords, tenants, they're, they're used to dealing with us on a face-to-face basis. So there hasn't been a huge driver to actually uh, adapt some of, these, uh, some of these technologies. So yeah, there, there definitely was some resistance uh, early on. Um, I saw though that this was an opportunity to, um, you know, what, what, I guess what's the silver lining to come out of COVID-19? Uh, for our business, it's been a really great opportunity to identify some really positive change um, in how we use technology and, and how our workforce uh, is, um, you know, utilises office space or works from home. So um, that was a, a key focus early on. Okay. So this is really a point of leadership around the remote working. You actually saw it as an opportunity rather than saying, how can we just wait this out until things go back to normal? Yeah, correct. Look, and, and probably early on in my, um, in, in my career, I had some great leaders and I've had some not so great leaders that I've worked for, but I've had some great leaders that um, early on in the relationship I had with that new leader, they, they put a lot of trust in me. And that's the, that's the approach that we really took when we had to transition the business to remote working. Um, so we, we employ about um, uh, 250 team members uh, in, in our Melbourne-based offices. And overnight, we, we, we probably went from about having about 250 um, in, in offices to about four people. Um, so we very quickly um, had to transition all that technology, um, ensure people were adequately set up at home. So met, all businesses have, have gone through those nuts and bolts. But we had a big focus on trust as well. Um, you know, we, we identified early on some clear objectives of, of what we needed people to be doing. Um, we also really listened to our people as well um, to make sure that we were giving them the right tools um, and, and systems to do their to do their job uh, remotely. Probably one of the things I've learned from a, a couple of really good leaders that that I've worked for over the years is if you invest in that trust aspect, um, it normally gets gets paid back. Um, you know, ten times over. We accepted early on that remote working, you might have had children at school, you might have had a partner, um, you know, other, a variety of home circumstances. So we trusted that people would actually get the job done. It might be nine to five in the traditional sense, um, but they were committed to their roles and they'd make sure that they got the job done, um, even though they had some, some different circumstances that they had to deal with on the home front. So can I just ask with that trust piece, because it's something that I am a big believer in as well. Like I'll, I will talk about this with groups and say, this is the foundation of every relationship is trust. And so you're not getting that right, then you pretty much may as well go home. But in a remote working relationship, how can you really have that total trust? It's easy to say, but how do you manage a group of people when you don't know what they're doing? Look, um, initially it was a bit of a leap of faith. Um, you know, I think all businesses got caught by this so rapidly um, that, uh, you know, the first week or two, it was a little bit clunky. Um, But then we had a real focus with all of our teams, be it um, sales, uh, back office support, uh, property management, 
on setting some some real clear objectives of what we needed to do. And with that, we also really said to the team, look, we're trusting that you're going to do the right thing by the business, by your other team members, and ultimately by your, your external customers. So what have you found, Simon? Have people taken hold of that? Or have you found that different people have had different responses to this total trust? Look, overall, um, the response from the business has been really good. Now, through the journey, we, we have had to um, you know, put, put some different protocols in place. And I'm sure many businesses have dealt with this. I mean, shifting all of our meetings to a Zoom environment overnight. Early on, we found um, that some people just weren't starting their day effectively. So we really talked to the team about this. How to actually get the most out of your day? How to effectively uh, work from home? Uh, we introduced top and tail meetings for, for all of our teams. You know, simple concept, um, and which, which everyone's doing. Check in with your team in the morning have a clear understanding of what's getting achieved for the day and check in with the team at night. Not in a, in a big brother way watching your sense, but you know, making sure they felt connected, uh, making sure they, they knew that they could ask for help um, if they were unsure about something. But yeah, a big emphasis on staying connected with the business as well. And I think that helped build trust as well because um, keeping up regular contact with teams and other team members they didn't want to let um, their, their other team members and, uh, and other members of the business down. So I think that, 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 that helped build trust across the group. Has it increased the trust? Because there's a study by Deloitte that says one of the biggest challenges in isolation for teams and one of the average stats is 87% drop in trust amongst a team. So it's actually build trust because you're focused on it. I, I personally think across our business, it's, it's actually built up, um, it's built up trust, but it's also built up relationships. Now, whilst those relationships haven't been built face to face, we've really encouraged our teams to take the opportunity, um, check in with your fellow team members, ask questions that you might normally ask, potentially spend a couple more minutes at the start of the meeting with a bit of preamble, how was your weekend, how are things going at home? And I think building up some of those personal relationships that we had not necessarily focused on as much when we were face-to-face, I think has actually helped build trust. People soon start to realise that, you know, they're not Robinson Crusoe on an island. You know, there's a lot of people going through homeschooling. Me, myself, I've, I've had three kids at home and it's been really tough. And opening up to other team members and, and talking about those things, I think it breaks down some barriers and helps build trust up um, by sharing some personal stories. I was speaking to somebody this morning and they said that actually people are better planned for their meeting and as they're integrating back into the office, they're actually finding themselves falling back into not checking in with each other and making assumptions that people are okay. And so the discipline they learnt during isolation is something that they need to pay attention to as they come back into the previous environment. Yeah, it, it's a good observation. We've actually noticed the same. Um, a lot of our meetings have become a lot more uh, efficient. Um, I think given a lot of the meetings are remote and whilst video conferencing is great, um, you, know, you, you still get some slight lag sometimes. So people are coming to meetings more prepared. Uh, they're not speaking over people as much as they may have uh, if it was a face-to-face environment. You know, when I say speaking over, not in, a, in an aggressive way, but just, just the way the conversation flows. 
Um, so there's a greater focus on, on listening to what the person has to say. I would say on, on average, probably a lot of our meetings have, have reduced by about a third in time because people are coming in more prepared um, and really focused on getting an outcome so that they can get back to other work. Hey, Simon, this is a good news story. So you're telling me that there's a dramatic adoption of technology that hadn't been picked up by either the vendors or customers or your people previously. So that's one that focusing on trust and also by having that leap of faith, people are building trust across the relationships and the relationships are growing and more cohesive in some ways. Yeah, correct. We've tossed around a phrase internally a couple of times, um, you know, just rapid adaption. Um, so we're focused on, um, let, let, let's trial some things quickly. And once again, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. Uh, you know, many businesses are, are doing things through this period. Let's trial something quickly. Uh, let's work out the pieces that work and hang on to those. And let's leave the stuff that's not working behind. Now, as I said at the start, that, that's a bit of the silver lining of, of, of COVID-19 for us. Um, we're running a better back office now than we did b- before the pandemic hit. Um, we're in many aspects of our business, we're more efficient uh, with our time. Um, it's also made us realise that um, you know, we, we don't need someone commuting uh, an hour and a half into the office each day when they can very effectively undertake their role at home. So it, it's going to have some good positive long-term impacts to, to uh, I, I think, the way that we operate our business, um, the way that we act, interact with our external customers, um, and the value proposition for some of our team members um, who, who may have been spending 8, 10, 12 hours a week commuting prior to this. So Simon, I've got a side question here. Does that mean that we're going to be redesigning our homes, that every home has a home office? Do you think? Is that something that might happen in the future? It's an interesting uh, one. We, we, I, I don't have any definitive um, uh, numerical evidence on it yet, um, but it is something that we've discussed internally a lot. Um, you know, the value of the home office and a good functional home office could be a real asset to, to houses moving forward. I, I think going back to that, to that trust angle on that as well, um, we've had to be trusting with, with, with people because of the different environments that, that they've got. I've got some team members who are well set up to work from home. They've got a separate office. I've got other team members who are having to share an office with a couple of school kids or they're perched up on a kitchen bench but you trust that they're doing the best that they can in the circumstances and they're really focused on their job. But rounding back on what you said, yeah, I, I do believe that um, you know, a really functional workspace um, will, will be an increased asset for, for a, a family home moving forward because there are many industries that will take this change and, and they won't actually go back to the traditional um, you know, office-based working that, that we've always done. Simon, what would you say to people who are embarking on the remote leadership journey in a deliberate way, what are the leadership mindsets and behaviours that we require for success? Probably a couple of areas that I'd focus on. If I look at the example of Marsha White, the business that I'm with, I actually have two sets of customers. And this is one of the things that we focused on early on. My first set of customers uh, are my internal team. They're the sales team, the property managers, the support team. Uh, And then my second set of customers are our external customers, the vendors, purchasers, landlords, tenants. The advice I'd give people, um, you know, d- depending on your, on, on your business structure, but uh, a business like ours, we really focused on getting it right for our first set of internal customers, be- being our team members. Because we knew that if we could actually get the, the working environment right for them, 
it would actually flow through to our external second set of customers. So we had a really big focus initially on empowering our people to actually effectively do their job remotely. The second one, just around trust, and we've touched on this a few times, clear objectives being set for all parties up front on, I guess, what needs to be delivered, be it on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. Also, you need to be accepting of people's circumstances. People have different home environments, and you need to be accepting of that, and you need to have a level of trust that they're going to make their home work environment work for them as well. Uh, Communication, um, you know, a no-brainer around this. We really took the approach of very regular and honest communication with the group. Um, I also had some great feedback because, you know, we were checking in with, with people across the team regularly. A lot of my messages early on when the pandemic hit were, were very positive, but I had some great feedback for the team to say, hey, you know, it's, it's okay. We know, we know things are tough. It's okay to be honest. So, you know, regular and honest feedback on how uh, the individual is performing, how the business is performing, uh, I think it sets everyone some clear guidelines. Keeping people connected is, is another really, and, and you talked earlier in, in, your, in your introduction about how you build culture in a remote working business. Um, once again, we put some simple things in early on, just top and tail meetings. You know, this is your classic stand-up water cooler or, or, or morning coffee meeting. Um, yes, we have an agenda for these meetings, but probably half the meeting is, is currently taken up with just a check-in with some individuals. Um, you know, how are things going? Have you had something happen at home? Do you need help? Um, and, and some simple stuff, asking the question, you know, the classic old, are you okay? Um, you know, how are you going? So. Um, you know, regular and honest communication is is critical. Simon, do you put on a suit when you go to work at home? Uh, it, it's it's a good question, um, and I was I was actually going to talk about symbols and rituals. Early on, we did find with some of our team members that they were struggling to um, get into a a good early morning routine, and we actually discussed it. Uh, we we have a, a weekly Tuesday sales meeting with about a hundred people on it. And we asked the team just to share some stories. And, uh, and one of our senior agents shared a great story because um, he was also having trouble um, getting into the right routine in the morning. So he started actually uh, in the morning. Um, he would hop up, he'd, he'd do his regular routine, go for a jog or, or you know, feed the kids, et cetera, get the kids set up for school. He would then put his suit on, um, drive around the block, and then park back in the driveway and walk in the door and go into his office quirky little ritual, but that actually helped him kickstart his day. He went from being at home to, um, yeah, although he only drove around the block um, and back to his own driveway, he'd arrived at work for the day. That's awesome. I really love that. So look, quirky little story. Um, we also, we put some rules in early on. We realized on a lot of the Zoom calls that we had a lot of people um, not with the video on. So we, we, we did ask everyone that, um, you know, you had to have your video camera on. Uh, you weren't allowed to be driving your car or, or, or walking, uh, you know, walk, walking down the street. Um, you had to, um, I guess, be switched on and, and showing respect for your other colleagues that were on the call. Um, we didn't mandate that you needed to wear a suit. We naturally found, though, I would probably say after about four weeks, people went from uh, gym shorts and T-shirt to, uh, you know, to pants and a shirt. Um, now I'm sure, and I, I know I did it a couple of times. There was there was more of one occasion where I'd, I'd, I'd thrown the shirt on, and I was still in my gym shirt shorts, but um, you know the, the top half looked very presentable. Uh, and, and once again, you know, it's just accepting of people's circumstances. 
So it's saying that the symbols are really important to be able to make that change. I think in coaching psychology, they talk about environmental structuring. And so you create the environment that's going to allow you to produce and be productive in the best possible way for you. So I really like that story about driving around the block. It's quite clever. Um, Simon, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And there's been some really interesting touch points on your journey. What impresses me is a lot of these are the fundamentals that we have in a non-isolated environment, a non-remote environment. So the principles actually seem to be the same in terms of managing a team. It's just actually we need to pay attention to them a little bit more. I think that's a, that, that's a good point. And we did really spend a lot of time at the, at the outset of this. Um, you know, call it purpose or clarity of focus. We really identified what we needed to do as a business to make sure we were on the, in the best shape on the other side of this. But you're right, that's, that's no different from what we normally do. You know, we go through our planning cycles. We have a very clear vision and purpose and what we actually want to do. And then we, we roll out and communicate and execute that across the business. And we really use that as a guiding light for the actions that we actually took and the process that we put in place with our team. So Simon, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story and your tips for us about the art of leading remotely. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and thank you so much. Thank you. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. To hear more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Fast Track Podcast.